Hi, and welcome law firm owners, and welcome back to the Wellbe Successful Law Firm Podcast. As you can see, we've got an awesome guest here with us today. We have therapist Rachel here. I'm going to call you therapist Rachel because I feel like that's just the <laughs> coolest thing to call yourself, therapist Rachel. So much better than anything else I've heard. Yes. <laughs> so Rachel, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your practice and what you do and how wonderful you are as a therapist. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, I'm Rachel. I work with individuals and premarital couples, so 16 plus. And then in terms of like specialties and things would be anxiety, assertiveness, highly sensitive people, perfectionism, and premarital counseling. So uh, in terms of how I service people, it'd be uh, sometimes virtual, so online therapy, anybody in the state of Georgia but then also I can do an outdoor walk and talk session if that's something that you prefer to be out in nature and get some fresh air. That was actually something that we were talking about right before we hit record, which is walk and talk sessions. I just wish more therapists would do that. So if that sounds interesting to you. All of Rachel's information will be below, but the purpose of this conversation today is to talk about our lawyers mm -hmm. and like the perfectionism and the anxiety and just right. everything that they experience. And this is, of course, part of the mental health month mm -hmm. or the mental health season right. um, when it comes to this podcast. So, you know, what, let's get right into it. Mm -hmm. What do we do with these highly perfectionist attorneys who spend hours and hours and hours going through documents and editing emails and making mm -hmm. sure grammar is perfect and they can't make a mistake? What do you, what do we say to them? Oh man, you guys are doing way too much, way too much. So the things that I'm seeing with, with professionals, with lawyers, I've worked with lawyers in the past that you guys are doing so much. You're going to the point of just hustling over and over and over till you hit burnout. And it's yeah. scary Yeah. of where it's not only affecting work anymore, it's affecting your family, it's affecting your relationships. Yep. So much is affected by burnout and exhaustion from perfectionism and having these really high expectations and stress on yourself and maybe even on others. Yeah. It is concerning. Okay. So high expectations, is that like a trait that all attorneys have? Because I swear every attorney I've ever worked with is just like, everything must be perfect and it has to be at a hundred and if not you will see them snap mm -hmm. and you will see the other side of them yeah. so where does that perfectionism come from and you know i know it's sometimes it's childhood but i wonder why it's so many attorneys like yeah. is it just the law that attracts these crazy perfectionist people i wouldn't say crazy per se <laughs> okay no that's that, a bad that word in my field speak, <laughs> your mean speak is you're crazy therapist speak is you're not crazy oh gosh i mean it, it really depends on on where they're coming from like you said sometimes it's childhood Sometimes it's, you know, the parenting style that helps shape where the, the child kind of grew into having these expectations for themselves or parent expectations on them, coaches, teachers, law school expectations. It can really come from a lot of different places. Um, but I'm also noticing that a lot of lawyers just have that really like type A personality of do more, be better, especially with law school. I don't know what it is. Maybe if listeners understand something better than I do, but the, the law school is such a high pressure, high yes. intensity, competitive, especially the school that you may go to, that if you don't get all A's, if you don't ace everything, if you don't impress and kiss all the professor's butts, mm -hmm. you're not going to make it. Yep. Yep. So that consistent pressure for what, two, three, four years, yeah. depending on how long you go, yeah. 
man, I mean, think of how much your mindset is molded yeah. in that in that time frame of that chapter of your life. Yeah. And then you're going in to take the bar. You're terrified to take yeah. it and fail because there's all those rates of what if you have to retake it? The fail rate mm -hmm. is higher that there's so much pressure. And then once you're into the world of actually doing the thing that you went to school for in the yeah. first place, yeah that you're usually terrified. And it's usually perfectionism is coming from fear. It's oh. fear-based, it's anxiety. So it, it's wild to see that. Okay, so it, that's really interesting because law school is three years for most of us, unless you went and got your JD or you took a or you got your, um, your, uh, your MBA or some other additional degree, your JD is three years. And you know, that is three years of literally being in a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. So how unfortunate for anyone who's having to go through that. And look, I know that like when I graduated from law school and I'll always put myself under the microscope here and give you a very real example. So Please. like when I graduated from law school, the markets had crashed mm -hmm. and I'd worked my ass off through law school to right. get the interviews so I could be a summer associate and end up on Wall Street and make a shit ton of money because I went right. to law school, yes, because I like the law, but also I like nice things. Of so course. I wanted to make it's some money. It's the lifestyle. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. And I, and I was willing to part with my time to be able to buy certain mm -hmm. things, right? Like the, the benefits of your 20s is like, you think you have all of the time in the mm -hmm. world. And so then as you get older, you're like, no, I need to buy my time back. That's so right. like, That's right. I will not work for you. <laughs> but you know, when you are sort of in that younger phase and this is your first sort of opportunity out in the real world, mm -hmm. it does create a lot of pressure. Now, is there anything that you recommend for people who are perfectionists? Mm -hmm. Like go on more walks, buy more plants. <laughs> like, we are surrounded. <laughs> we are surrounded by plants. And I, I will tell you, I feel so much more calmer in here than like I yes. normally would, but I think it's just a product of where we are right now. But I agree. yeah, so any tips on what they can do around this like massive perfectionism? Sure. So one, you can always come see a therapist. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, if you have Gosh, even five minutes at a time. I mean, I would love for you to have like an actual self-care day once a month. That'd be amazing. I encourage all my clients, take a mental health day, like a true day, no screens, no nothing, just kind of tap out for a minute. Um, but if you can't do that, even five minutes of deep breathing, there's a really great app called Breathwork oh. um, that is free on the app store that I'm aware of. And so it's breath work, it's, but it's W-R-K instead of W-O-R-K. Gotcha, okay. Um, but it has 14 or so different categories of whatever situation you're going through. Let's mm -hmm. say you're having a panic attack about a meeting coming up, mm -hmm. or you're having trouble being motivated and you're really tired that morning. You hit that button and it walks you through a guided breathing exercise. Oh. It's amazing, highly recommend. I will have to get this. Thank you for making yeah, that recommendation. Of okay, so. Breath work is one of the things that you can do if you are feeling highly anxious, you can do a self-care day, mm -hmm. but basically give yourself at least five minutes. At least, just take some time and something that I think would be really helpful if you do go see a therapist, finding someone that does specialize in some sort of like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm -hmm. it's a way to be aware of your thoughts, your emotions, and therefore be able to handle your reactions, your, your behaviors. Okay. So CBT, big, big fan. Um, there's even a CBT workbook for perfectionism that oh. I can give you a link to. It's amazing. Yes, we'll link to it below and you guys go and check that out, all you perfectionists out there. <laughs> but it's fantastic to be able to recognize your thoughts and be like, okay, 
am I choosing to be nice to myself right now or nice to others? Or am I choosing to be difficult and negative Nancy being a bitch in your head? Uh, and so being able to recognize that and therefore be more aware and identify your emotions yeah. and see what's going on and then say like, you know what, was that reaction actually fair for the situation or did I kind of blow it out of proportion? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, if you're a lawyer, you probably blew it out of proportion, just so you know. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll, we'll keep talking about that a little bit more. But that, that gets me to something that you said that was really important, that mm. five minutes a day. I cannot tell you how many mom attorneys I know who post on Facebook, um, private groups, and just other private forums for women and women attorneys and women mom attorneys. Mm -hmm. I can't find five minutes. That's not true. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad we said it, right? Like, it's not true. Like, five minutes is literally, what, 300 seconds? Mm -hmm. Like, if that, like, right. you can find five minutes. You can find 300 seconds. 100%. And... I know a lot of them are like, well, I'm running around, I'm taking care of the kids, my husband was sick and I had to step in and I had to do this. So mm -hmm. so what what do you say to them when they're saying when they're like, but no, really, I don't have five minutes. Sure. I can't even take a shit in peace. Right. <laughs> I don't pee all day because I'm on calls all day. Look, right. these are very real things that people have come to me about. And I'm like, right. listen, I get it. There are just those days. Like you could be in a court deposition, you, a Zoom deposition. Mm -hmm. You could be, you know, in, in meetings back to back to back all day. How do you then tell them again, you still can find five minutes? Sure. So not that I'm having an actual therapy session right now. No, absolutely not. A hypothetical client, I would tell them, look, I can I can validate that you're having a tough time. I understand that you're overwhelmed. I understand that you're balancing a lot on your plate. Being being a girl boss, a, a she she empire, whatever words you want to throw in there, <laughs> that I can I completely understand as a future business owner, very suited for my own private practice, that it's it's a lot of work and I never want to invalidate how you're feeling. However, the fact that you don't have those five minutes, that's not true. That's you not making it a priority to take care of yourself. Ah, and yes, I think that's the thing that we've hit on that I see a lot of, which is you put the kids first, you put the husband before you, you put getting the groceries before you, you put cleaning the house before you, you put getting the job done and working and going to your client meetings and running around everywhere, mm -hmm. but you don't prioritize yourself. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to someone who's really struggling with prioritizing themselves and finding that five minutes a day? Yeah. So what I would normally do, I'm a very type A list recovering perfectionist kind of person. <laughs> so I relate to all of you very well. Uh, but the things that I've noticed that are helpful with my clients, or at least are to, to make a list, every single thing you do every single day, just lay it out there. You'll likely be overwhelmed just by looking at it. Cause you're like, oh, okay. I'm visually seeing how overwhelmed I am. Yeah. Very normal. But from there kind of ranking them. So if it helps do one of absolute mo most importance, you cannot miss this like mm -hmm. childcare, probably important. Let's keep the children alive. Relationship, also pretty important, yes. right? Help, those kind of things. But, you know, if it's, I don't know, let's say it's the groceries, but you are super stressed that Mondays have to be grocery day. Not necessarily. You can have someone else pick up the groceries. Yes, Instacart does exist now, and I'm Absolutely. pretty sure it services most parts of the United States. Yes, and so being able to rank those things, figuring out 
what what is the biggest priority of the day you don't have to check everything off the same day it is okay as a fellow recovering perfectionist <laughs> for things to move to the next day for things to move to the next week we can rearrange things and as long as you have even five minutes ideally more than that but at least five minutes a day to sit and breathe and process your day and reflect on how you felt and evaluate what you want to do tomorrow to make things better, more time for yourself, better for work, whatever it might be, that you've got to prioritize that to take care of yourself. Um, so that's probably what I'd say. Start with the list first. Okay. I like that. And then we'll move from there. Okay. Just a quick note here from Nermeen. Be sure to check out How to Be Type A Without Being an A-Hole. The book that I wrote, it's available in audiobook format and for uh, Kindle format and paperback format. Link is below if you're interested. And I think one of the most important things that Rachel said here that I really want to highlight is that we create these self-imposed deadlines. We say Mondays are grocery days because then everything else falls apart. If Monday I don't get groceries because by the time I get to the store on Tuesday, they've run out of my favorite yogurt or whatever the fuck it is that you're saying to yourself. <laughs> Essentially, what we're trying to say is uh, these are made up deadlines. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a break. Prioritize yourself first before all of this other stuff. And, you know, you give yourself the 300 seconds. Please. Yeah. I am begging you as a therapist. <laughs> I'm begging you take the time to breathe. Take the time to, to journal. You can honestly do a one minute breathing exercise, journal for three minutes, do another breathing exercise for a minute and move on with your day. It's definitely doable. That's very simple. Okay, because I think a lot of people would be like, five minutes, what am I gonna do in five minutes? You know how many other things I could do in five minutes? I could Instacart all my groceries for a week. Right. Okay, so it's a really good breakdown, which is a minute of breathing, three minutes of journaling, a minute of breathing, or mm -hmm. a minute of breathing, three minutes of stretching, a minute of breathing. Absolutely. Whatever it is for you, just figure it out. We're literally breaking down your 300 seconds for you, y'all. <laughs> okay, so let's talk, to, let's talk about something else that's really important. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people, mm -hmm. women especially, are scared about therapy. Mm -hmm. How do we get them to take that first step into just saying, maybe I need a therapist, right? Like that, just, just having that first initial thought and then, <laughs> and then kind of like baby stepping them to the next part, which would be, mm -hmm. okay, yes, you need, you know, maybe you should call someone, maybe you get a referral, maybe you, drown in Dr. Google, you know, and the <laughs> Google rabbit hole. Right. Uh, a few things. One, if, if you're in crisis mode, please, please, please see a therapist or something of higher level of care. But most of the time people are just having a tough time. Maybe they feel anxious. Maybe, maybe they feel kind of down, low motivation, fatigue, um, overwhelming, racing thoughts. Maybe it's more of a physical sensation. A lot of people tend to feel the, the physical symptoms of anxiety first of life the fast breathing, the mm. fast heart rate, the clammy hands, the shakiness, the not being able to sleep at night, that oh, all adds up, so notice one. that first. That's a common one. I know a lot of attorneys are just like, I try to go to bed, but then I can't because my mm -hmm. thoughts keep racing. Yes. Then they go out and buy some incense and some sleep machine or, or something, something nice. or the other. But usually doesn't just do the job. It's kind of like a Band-Aid compared to therapy where you're like digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. And you're able to see what's really going on. Okay. Um, so in and we like we like deep solutions. We don't like Band-Aid solutions here. No Band-Aid solutions. Okay, so keep going. Sure. So noticing those physical symptoms, the emotions, the thoughts, any behaviors, especially if a partner or a, a friend is saying, you know, 
you seem a little extra overwhelmed today. You seem like something else is really going on. And there's nothing wrong with talking to friends or loved ones, your support system. I love that for you. Nothing wrong with that. But there's also something about having a unbiased, non-judgmental, mm -hmm. objective third party mm -hmm. that does not know Sally down the street, yeah. that does not know your son or your husband or wife or whomever, yep. that you're able to just talk to and vent and there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. That as a therapist in therapy, that is so, so important to just have a, a listening ear that's going to validate and understand where you're coming from yeah. rather than sitting across the table and judging you. Yeah. Okay. So this is super important because you said some stuff that I have realized. So I've been in therapy on and off for like 10 years and I love being in therapy and, and I get a lot from being in therapy. The one thing I've realized is that when I have talked to my friends about business problems or about relationship problems or problems with my family, what I usually get is a conversation that looks like this. Oh man, let me tell you something that my mom did. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not an opportunity for you to vent about your mom. No. I was venting about my mom. Only one mom can be the bitch exactly. in this picture here. And that's mine right now. <laughs> and I need my moment. So I just need you to shut up and just listen. But like, you're not going to say that to your friends because you would right. be the jerk who says that to your friends. So exactly. this is why therapy. Right, because you're, you're not, you, the therapist is not going to be like, well, my mom. No, right? that one, if a therapist does that, I'm concerned. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so now let's talk about like how you identify like who a good therapist would be for you and like mm. how that works. So you've gone through the process of yes, I need therapy. Someone has said to you, you maybe you should consider a therapist. Mm -hmm. You're looking at different options. You know, you. What do you say? Like talk to three therapists before you pick one? Like, how do you typically sure. recommend that? So um, again, as a therapist in therapy, I am a very type A hard researcher. I go above and beyond. So for me, I make an Excel spreadsheet and I break down anyone that actually sounds somewhat interesting. I'll check in if you know if I want to use insurance, if I don't want to use insurance, mm -hmm. if I want to do private pay, if there's a certain amount, like maybe you're working nonprofit and you need to have more of a sliding scale fee, that's okay. I'll usually look on something called like Psychology Today okay. or Therapy Den. Um, that's D-E-N, Therapy D-E-N? Yes. Okay. And there's also something called Open Path Collective, which okay. is amazing. That is for very sliding scale kind of fees. If it's for you or maybe even for a client that you're working for that mm -hmm. just doesn't really have the fees right now to be able to afford a therapist that they, they have very affordable fees and you can do in-person or online. I'm very impressed with them. Okay. So lots of options of where to look for somebody. And so not just filtering for insurance, but you can filter for individual therapy, for a certain age range, a certain age range of the therapist you want to work with if you want them someone like kind of close to your demographic or uh -huh. just maybe even much older for more of like a wise therapist yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, from there, you can filter for specializations. So let's say you're feeling kind of anxious probably hitting specialization of anxiety would be a great one. If it's more of, you know, my marriage feels kind of off, I need to talk to somebody about it. Probably mm -hmm. couples counseling, someone that specializes in relationship issues. Um, from there, what I would normally do is definitely for my Excel spreadsheet <laughs> is fill in everything. I love that you have an Excel spreadsheet. I, do. I think I just fell in love with you just a little <laughs> bit more. Okay, so you have an Excel spreadsheet where we've got all these wonderful names in. Mm -hmm. And so from there, uh, I would pick maybe five, I wouldn't do more than 10, because then it gets really overwhelming and everyone kind of runs together at that point. 
but somewhere between five to 10 therapists that really stick out to you that you could you think you can relate to them. Always look not just on their profile on the therapist network directory, but also looking on their website, looking mm -hmm. on their social media if they have it, yeah. of can I connect to this person? Do they speak the way that I wanna speak? Mm -hmm. If it's really, what's the right word, highbrow, yes. then you, you're aware of that kind of therapist and how they speak. If they're definitely more of like a, talking like a friend, yeah. that's kind of my vibe, is just being able to be really relaxed and just being authentic, being myself, but then still having that therapeutic lens, just figuring out how you wanna interact with that therapist. Yeah. And from there, I would definitely call or set up a consultation call. A lot of therapists these days are doing free consultation calls. Okay. So Good 15 minutes or so. Yeah. And you can do video call, phone call, depends on what they offer. Yeah. But from there, you can have some questions set up. So that way you don't just go in blind. Because mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients that go in there and they're like, well, you seem cool, but <laughs> what do I do now? So I usually suggest for anybody that's looking for a therapist to definitely ask, you know, clarifying any insurance questions, if that's the biggest concern, clarifying they do have that specialization of, let's say it's anxiety, mm -hmm. that depending on how we would work together, how would you handle my anxiety? How would oh, we work together? Those are good questions. It's so helpful because if they just say, I work with it, okay, but tell me how you'd work with it. Because mm. I want to know that I'm investing in something in myself and investing in a service that's going to help me. That is a really great question. I will tell you, um, when I first got into therapy, I I had a friend who was in therapy who was like, Nermeen, you should go see a therapist. And I was like, bitch, I'm not crazy. And then I was like, wait, maybe I am. Um, I know we don't like that word, but I'm just trying to keep it real here for everyone. So this was like back when I was like in my young 20s, I had just graduated from law school. And you know, she was like, you should go see someone and talk to someone because I would literally vent to her. And she was like, you should really go talk to someone. And so I'm so thankful for her because she had already been in therapy herself. And she mm -hmm. was like, you should try three different therapists and then choose one who you feel the most connected to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, look at that, like insight from someone who's already done this. Yes. It's literally the equivalent of getting like a three L's notes when you're a one L, okay? Like this is what we're trying to explain to you. Mm -hmm. Like she's your three L here. She's guiding <laughs> you through this process. So listen to what she's saying. These are all really good questions that you know, you should be asking, especially if, you know, anxiety is what you're dealing with, if perfectionism is what you're dealing with and all of that. So what are red flags to look mm. out for? Because, you know, lawyers go through law school, but we all know not all lawyers are great. And mm -hmm. so I imagine it's the same thing for therapists. What can we do to kind of make people feel a little calmer that they're looking out for these like red flags of like maybe who they shouldn't work with, who maybe mm. wouldn't be the best fit for them. Sure, so a, a few pointers there, honestly, that uh, especially during that consultation call, if the if the therapist is distracted during the call, if they uh, are not invested, if they don't just seem like really in tune to what you're saying, I'd be concerned because if they can't handle 15 minutes of your time, oh. how can they handle a whole session? Okay. Um, so I say that's probably a red flag for me. If they don't feel comfortable expressing what kind of theory they tend to use, what kind of approach, what mm. kind of intervention they'll mm. use, comfortably of anxiety, perfectionism, couples counseling, whatever it might be, I'm concerned because that means they don't really have a good handle of how they would handle that particular situation. Sure. So those sure. are concerns. Um, past that, if they are not able to comfortably answer any questions that you have in that 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Again, how can they handle a session? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I say the biggest thing is once you determine a therapist you wanna try, 
keep in mind that sometimes it's kind of like dating, not where you're not romantically getting involved with therapists. Let's keep that in mind. Yes, yes. But that you're having that first session, that first intake session, depending on how long that session may be, but you really give it, I, I give it your all, check in with the therapist and then let them know typically in the intake of like, yes, I'd like to continue therapy yes. with you. Or you know what? I'm going to continue my search. Thank you for your time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No therapist is going to be upset with that because their goal is to help you. Yeah. Their goal is to make sure that you feel as comfortable as humanly possible yeah. with them. And if yeah. that's not the fit, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share with you guys um, one story about me, quote unquote, not working with a therapist slash breaking up with a therapist. Um, I, for me, one of the red flags was in this conversation with this therapist. This therapist was basically telling me what to do. Mm. You should give this person another chance because by God, Nermeen, you have given it, you know, all this time. Why not just give it one more good try? And I was like, mm. I don't know if you should be telling me what to do. And that just kind of threw me off because I'd, I'd been in therapy before and typically therapists will just ask you questions and then you answer for yourself what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this therapist had told me what to do like two or three sessions in, I was like, you know what? This isn't going to be the right fit. This isn't the kind of therapy I'm looking for. I really mm -hmm. want to feel that I'm being asked questions so that I know what's right for me and not so much what's what that therapist is, thinks is right for me. Right, right. And so I sent a very polite note to that therapist via um, email and I said, you know what? I don't think this is gonna work and thank you so much. And there was a very polite response. It was like, this therapy is for you. If you feel like it's not gonna work, mm -hmm. then by all means, please do find someone who you do think it's gonna work with. And my next therapist turned out to be exactly who I was looking for and that worked out perfectly. So just to kind of give some color around here, like mm -hmm. it is possible after a couple sessions for you to realize, okay, maybe this isn't a good fit and maybe something that you didn't notice in the first session, maybe you're noticing now. But also I would just say, if you've gone through five therapists, mm -hmm. maybe it's not the therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's you, <laughs> right? Like, yes. like, so, so I would just say like, maybe you're just having a hard time with opening up and answering some of the questions that therapists are asking. Absolutely. And that you bring up a, a really wonderful point that there's nothing wrong with that, that dating aspect of finding a therapist, of trying on different hats almost. Um, but also if it, like you said, that if it's getting to a point of where it's five plus therapists and it's not sticking, it's not feeling right. Mm -hmm. Something that I've had some um, past clients that just didn't work out that that's very normal is that, you know, like, Hey, I'm wondering if you're in a place of where opening up is hard, Overing, being vulnerable is hard. If that's where you're at, cool, I fully respect that, but I'm wondering if it would help to do some journaling, to go through a workbook on your own, to yeah. feel almost more prepared for therapy, yeah. to therefore yeah. open up and not be wasting your time of, of talking to somebody at this kind of surface level. Yeah. So therapist, Rachel, what's the mm -hmm. best way for people to reach you? Do you want them to tweet at you? Do you want them to DM you on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Do you want carrier pigeons showing up to you? What would you like? Uh, okay, never had a pigeon. If you find a way to make that happen, let me know. Um, I would say probably the best way ethically is to have somebody reach out through my website. Uh, so that's www.rachelbutlercounseling.com. 
uh, and definitely feel free to creep all over the website, see if we're a good fit, <laughs> and then send me a message and we can set up a consultation call and go from there. Okay, perfect. So I love that you said, you know, ethically, because we are lawyers and we're all about the ethics here. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Hey, law firm owners. Thanks so much for listening in to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I so appreciate your support and being here. Please, please, please take two seconds to subscribe to the podcast or to leave a review. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter because I do send a lot of specials and offers and just cool things via email once every week. The link to sign up is below. Thank you so much again for supporting me. I am here to help you grow your wildly successful law firm. Thank you.